0: You know you're not going to see results right away but if you continue and keep you know providing nice visuals and very eloquently formed statements I guess in the beginning the first three seconds um, you can grab your audience's attention people worry about followers and stuff on TikTok I'm not gonna lie it, does, it doesn't matter too much um, videos can go viral and you can have 10 followers so it's always good to get followers that actually care and want to engage with their content and are the audience that you actually want so you don't have to make these outlandish statements I think it'll come over time basically is what I'm trying to say if you're more true to yourself and keep sticking
1: with what you like to do, what you're knowledgeable on. You're listening to Ecomonics, a debutified podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Austin Rabin is, chronologically speaking, our first seller extraordinaire known for his TikTok presence. And as someone relatively unfamiliar with the platform, it caught me by surprise how in-depth the platform known for its brevity has become. One has to wonder what's coming down the pipe in five years from the time you hear this. And if you're listening to this in five years post its release, same question, Austin is eager to help people get to where he is. Like, not the same physical space, although it is nice where he is, in a parallel sense. So have a listen and enjoy. Austin Rabin. It is so good to have you here on Ecomonics. Uh, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm doing
0: well. Thank you for having me, of course. Feeling good. It's a great day out today, so I can't complain.
1: <laughs> beautiful day in, in Hawaii. I, I imagine that the, uh, the days in Hawaii, for the most part, are stunning.
0: Yeah, so it's literally... Uh, you know, a high of 78 and sunny every single day since I've been here. There's been a couple of rains, you know, scattered showers, but that's about it.
1: We'll get into our into our uh, warm-up question, but it reminded me of this commercial I had seen where this guy was trying to decide, he, he just went like a game show, and he was trying to decide between uh, a luxury car or a week-long vacation in the, I think it was either Hawaii or Honolulu or Maybe the Dominican Republic. And he's like, fun in the sun. And then he gets there and it's just a like torrenting rain. And I was just thinking, you know what, even if it was pouring, I would still pick that over like some freezing temperatures, just like how like a warm day where the rain comes down on us and it just feels good. So
0: Oh, that's the thing. It's also like when it's 80 and then it rains, and it goes down to 75. It's still humid. So you're still warm. It's like a nice cold or like a wet blanket, I guess. But we actually hiked yesterday in the rain. So it's pretty nice.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, in my new apartment, they actually, ha- it's so new, they haven't finished it yet. So we're still waiting for our balcony to be uh, unlocked. But like one of the things I'm looking forward to is to step out into the, during the summertime, step out onto the balcony and just like let the rain uh, hit me and yeah, a bunch of people are going to see me do it, but I don't care. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Hopefully, I'll have some revelations coming out of it, but it's for, yeah, no, for now, it's just the rain. Just
0: connect, take a minute,
1: and get out there and breathe. Exactly. So, Austin, got a very important question for you. Who are you and what
0: do you do? Well, my name is Austin Raven. Uh, I primarily do e commerce, uh, usually through drop shipping. Um, I do work with consulting sessions on the side. I am now, I guess, technically a small TikTok influencer. Um, I do mentorships and looking into starting an uh, advertising and digital marketing agency this year as well.
1: Oh, terrific. Okay. I'll, I'll want to touch on that. We'll we'll definitely get into that um, as, we, as we roll through this. You are, um, well, I mean, when I checked, maybe it was out of date or not, but you're like in your mid twenties, right? Yes. I'm 24. 24. Okay. And how many years have you been in e-commerce?
0: That's a great question. So Technically, around six years, I've been in e-commerce. Very, very smaller scale through college, um, not even selling on Shopify or anything like that. Uh, But for dropshipping and Shopify, that experience is just over two years here.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the first things you were doing was you were just, um, you were like buying and selling shoes on eBay.
0: Yeah. So I started off buying and reselling pretty much all my stuff throughout college. Uh, In like a year, a girlfriend and I, I think did like 60K on Poshmark and like, another 20, 25K on Mercari. So just another selling app, kind of like eBay. Oh, wow. I, I I haven't heard of those ones, to be honest with you. There there are so many out there. There's so many ways to make money on the internet nowadays and so many different selling platforms. It's, it's pretty incredible.
1: One of the things we wanted to make sure we talked about is, you know, we're, we're getting into your background. Um, so prior to even getting into that uh, early phase of e-commerce, I know I looked into what you were doing for schooling and I've dropped it, dropped it like it was... Uh, I was about to say, like, it was hot. I didn't mean to quote the song. It's not where I was going with that. Anyways, so uh, yeah, let's get through the, let's go through the, uh, the through and of this, what you were up to prior to e commerce and how doing business online was, uh, was appealing to you.
0: Doing my own thing and just having the entrepreneurial spirit has always been, I feel like, in my blood. I've been selling, like, I'm not even kidding, like duct tape wallets in elementary school, like yo yo strings in elementary school. So it's kind of funny. Um, but cause everyone kind of saw it coming in a way. Um so but my background mainly before e-commerce was kind of just college in general. So I was doing uh supply chain management as a major and then business sustainability as another major uh at Arizona State. And I had a lot of internships and this is where I first got into e-commerce was um I had an internship uh in college uh selling used furniture on eBay for a nonprofit. Um so it's kinda of a really unique job. Um but so I was doing that for a little bit. I was kind of introduced. Uh, I was like my freshman year. And so I started selling my own stuff online. Um, and that's where I came up with the working with my girlfriend. We were buying and reselling women's clothing and shoes on Poshmark and Mercari and did those, you know, rather large numbers for I feel like a college student, at least on the part time side. Uh, it was it was really cool. And I was I was getting so much gratification through making sales so i'm very like reward driven as a person um like as much as i put into it is what i get out of it kind of thing and so that was really satisfying for me and then i started focusing on the people i was hanging around and i mean i still do hang around but the people uh everyone in college especially with a business major and certain majors like supply chain management is very like hey like so what internship are you getting where are you going next and uh so i got sort of i was still doing that on the side uh small time e-commerce and then um i started doing internships and stuff for supply chain management and started focusing on that career a little bit more i always knew i wanted to do something on my own um but then i graduated and got a job in supply chain management for a medical device company uh moved out to los angeles and at the exact same time i started doing drop shipping uh because i knew that i wanted to start working on that as well as you know have that secure income still coming in from a good job and that's how I really that was my my only background before uh um, before dropshipping or e-commerce in general, but it's interesting because there's a lot of people online, especially on TikTok. I've noticed um, where a lot of the people are like, you know, I dropped out of high school and I do e-commerce now. Uh, so it's interesting that maybe not everyone. Some it's mainly what I see on TikTok, but uh, I have a little bit more unique background because I do have a sourcing side in the background. Um, was program management for sourcing for a bit and stuff like that. So I do have a little bit of a unique view on you know, sourcing products and quality of products as well, which is kind of cool. Helped me get to where I am now.
1: Well, one thing that I've uh, observed over uh, all of the people that I talked to is that you, you, we have a lot of people who have the, the, the business background and, and they do uh, flow into it. And it does seem to be a more of like, like an understandable transition, but it really is all over the place because we've also had people who were in completely unrelated fields. Uh, one example I love bringing up is somebody was into chemistry in school. Uh, and he took his skills, and he took his skills with them, like cause his idea of like breaking things down into their elements and then and building them back upwards to gain the deeper understanding was something that he applied into into e-commerce and what he's doing now. So one of the questions I get to ask uh, is always like, you know, what skills came with you when you entered e-commerce? But in your case, it's actually quite uh, quite evident what skills came with you because it's all uh, related into e-commerce and related to e-commerce being business venture. Um, so there wasn't really much that had to like i don't know there wasn't much uh weight that you had to shed it all just kind of like came with you and it all just flowed naturally
0: yeah yeah i would say so so supply chain management is a little bit newer in terms of majors and and the focus on it is really logistics uh procurement or sourcing and operations so it's kind of funny because those three aspects are really what you need to focus and hone in on to have an efficient supply chain in your uh, e-com business as well so it's all about getting those margins up in the end right and so really hacking away at each of those individual aspects or variables really gets those margins up. And it's kind of cool that I could bring that educational background to it and and hands-on experience back into e-commerce. So it did drive me uh, to the success that I am today, I would think.
1: Uh, Okay. So one thing I'm wondering about with um, selecting supply chain management is not that I understand how, you know, doctors do it or anything like that, but they're, they do try to figure out what their specialty is if they want to become a, you know, a pediatrician or a family physician, um, surgeon so when you're looking at w- how to how to specialize is it a matter of you you know what it is you're already adept at and then you're selecting those programs like what inspires somebody to pick supply chain management or and then i also want to know too because i'm just curious like what other options would have been on the table at the time
0: oh for sure so just within supply chain or in terms of majors in
1: general before you get into supply chain, so like what other um, routes does somebody uh, elect to take in, in school at that point?
0: Um, so you've got uh, like business data analytics. Um, is It's pretty heavy in the supply chain field. And, and at least at Arizona State, it's um, some of your you know requirements to graduate, the credits that you need. You get some business sustainability. You get your finance 101. You get all that stuff. Entrepreneurship is also a major uh, which is interesting. They I, I think they're adding now digital marketing specifically, which is fantastic because I have a lot of people that are asking me what they should do in college if they want to pursue e-commerce, and that's a big one, right? Um But I was kind of introduced to all of those things and just kind of fell in love with uh supply chain more than any of them. The
1: the final part of this that I want to get a picture of, and I should let you know that I'm I am to an extent asking this for for my own sake as well, because um I'm constantly kind of like in the need for inspiration and motivation to uh, to kind of step up my game, Um, it took me, I talked to you about this before we started recording, but it took me a while to like actually start setting up my own sh- uh, sh- uh, Shopify store and it's there, but there's still like a long, long road ahead. So what I'd like to hear about now is over the course of a week, what is your, what is your day to day look like these days? Um, Where are you logging your hours for, you know, what are you, what are you working on? Uh, time you're putting aside for mentorship is just what is what is a day in the life of Austin uh, Raven look like these days?
0: It's so fun. You can't see me, but I'm smiling right now because it's going to come off so lax. <laughs> but um, right now, I'm really. Cause I just we just came out to Hawaii, so um, we're enjoying that a little bit, right? It's it's hard to get out of vacation mode sometimes, but you do have to keep our priorities straight. But my day to day kind of looks like any mentorship calls that I have, slash asking or answering any questions or helping out people. Usually within the morning, I do have a time frame um, to run those calls, and then I work on my dropshipping slash Shopify stores. Uh, the remainder of the time, so you know, it, it depends. That's I get that question all the time Drew. How many how many hours a day do you spend on you know Shopify and all that? And it's uh it totally depends, right? If, if your ads are running perfectly and everything's running smoothly, I will spend thirty minutes and I'm done for the day, right? Or if everything's going to hell, right? I'm out of supply you know, the supplier's not communicating with me, Facebook ads, there's something wrong, something like that, you know, then I'll spend the full eight hours a day, right? Or if I want to build a new shop, right, and test a new product and do something like that, um, you know, I'll spend the full eight, I'll even spend 10 hours a day. Um, but right now it's really like mainly uh doing mentorship work, working on my own personal stores, connecting with a lot of influencers right now. I'm looking to get into more uh, branded uh, stores and kind of sharing equity with some people that i'm working with right now which will be interesting and now i'm doing a lot of research on um, ad agencies uh social media marketing agencies and uh, all around digital marketing because i do want to venture into that in this year but that's kind of what a typical week looks like after uh usually hitting the beach every day and then uh either hiking or then picking up surfing as well so a lot of fun it's a lot of play right now which i need to start honing in on my my motivation and mindset here <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's all relative, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have, um, they haven't earned the freedom uh, the way you did, and I use "earned" uh, in in all sincerity uh, because there. While you do have your your background in school, and that does uh, offer you some edges, like I was saying, there's people who had just had went to school, or some people who didn't even uh, end up going through school, and the opportunities are are there for them just as much as they are for everybody else. So. It helps to inspire people. And it's something that I, that I wanted to ask you, because like I said, I, I'm kind of like in a position right now where I could stand to go for uh, a little bit of extra inspiration of my own. Um, and one of the things that we were, we were kind of touching on before we started recording that we wanted to talk about is that it, it is not, it's not all like, uh, sunshine and surfing. Sometimes it's a eight, eight hour, you'll have like eight hour nightmare. So, uh, let's, 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 let's hear about the, something, I guess the darker side of what goes on where... You know what are what are some of the harder days where things are really starting to like pile up, and and how are you dealing with it?
0: Yeah, so the darkest day you can have if you are you talked to a lot of exceptional people on here, um, but some of the darker days that I can personally have, and someone that is starting off in getting into e-commerce, and if they're using Facebook ads heavily, Facebook ads can be a nightmare. Uh, it's one of those things I learned earlier on of don't put your all of your eggs in one basket, right? So if you don't have your organic traffic set up, but you're not using or taking advantage of other social media platforms to advertise on and build a brand and loyalty, um, and just you know worship Facebook. Hopefully, they're not listening right now. Um, but uh, so uh, the thing is, you get hit if and you, and you're not prepared, and you just started off, you have one personal Facebook ad account, and you get hit with the band. That's it's a stop on all operations that's happened to me earlier on, and it's devastating because you know you go from these huge revenue days, you're spending $3, to five thousand dollars a day in ad spend, and boom, all of a sudden it's none, right? So then it goes revenue goes zero, and you're working all this back up, you're peeling. That's the nightmares, really. That's the biggest nightmare I've personally had. Uh, it's a lot that a lot of people deal with, and it's something that I think Facebook does need to fix and work around. Um, but that's I can if I can give any advice, it's it, to avoid headaches when you start off drop shipping or whatever you're doing in your e commerce journey. Make sure you're following all Facebook rules, make sure your account is seasoned make sure you have backups and all of that. Cause it can be a headache, especially if you're a one man team.
1: Uh, so do you remember in specific why you were banned?
0: Oh yeah. So, um, well, <laughs> it's fine. so I've been there. I've been caught a couple bands, right. On a couple different accounts and things like that. Um, the first time I was circumventing the system. So it's a policy that Facebook has, and it's basically saying that you're trying to trick the algorithm and it's way of securing advertising. So what happened, uh, and this is a little tip for, if you guys don't know this, um, when you have your Shopify and you have a product out there and you have the name of that product, you can change the name. And at the bottom, there's actually the URL of the product. Um, so if those don't match and Facebook notices that they think that you're trying to trick the system by because circumventing the system can mean a lot of things. But the one I got hit for was saying you're advertising for a red carpet but you're really actually selling a brown couch. And then and it says, Oh, you're advertising the wrong thing. Leave them misleading them to a different website. And it was really, the issue was just the title of the, uh, the thing. I changed it um, and it didn't match up. And they got hit me with that. And It's actually still banned today and I'm still working on getting it. It's been over a year and it's, it's pretty insane. I want the account back just because it's my first ever personal account, but um, it's been a nightmare. And that, so, you know, avoid that at all costs.
1: Yeah, actually, I can offer one specific example. My YouTube counterpart, Connor, and I, we were both working on stores just for like our our learning sake. And what happened was he had linked people to the product page and not the main landing page. And that was the same thing that counted as a mislead because we were supposed to send people to the website and not send them directly to the product. And that got his account. Well, he was able to reopen it. It wasn't like The harshest ban he wasn't catapulted out of the kingdom or anything like that but it was still uh, bad news it was still something they had to deal with all those little details can can add up and can surprise people
0: yeah and and if you don't have a marketing expert and you're not grateful enough to have a contact at facebook or anything like that it can be a complete nightmare they it's very hard to get a hold of them and very hard to explain you know why you didn't do this or why you did not mean to and there was not intentional and there's no you know mischievous act going on was it's, it's it's very difficult
1: yeah so actually one of the questions i did want to ask uh, this was chamber this is like a little bit later down the list but uh, since we like halfway answered it i thought this would be a good chance to uh, to run through it anyways which is like some of the main dropshipping mistakes you made and and how to mitigate them uh some of them have been covered but uh i don't suppose there's any other ones that you can bring up
0: uh customer service um
1: i, I scaled rather
0: quickly when i first started off um i went from becoming profitable, net, net positive um, to my first $1,000 net profit day within three weeks. So that's a massive scale. Um, and it's totally doable. And I'm really aggressive in that way. Uh, I don't always recommend it because you need to align some things to get your ducks aligned first. Um, but uh, one of the issues that I had was customer service, um, which and then turns with reviews and people reaching out and commenting and reporting it and things like that. because so I didn't have the customer service channels put in place yet. So, I totally recommend one scaling a little bit slower than I was, and also getting customer service channels aligned. Um, that can be anything from frequently asked question pages to automated responses from emails. Uh, make sure tracking is set up properly and all of that, because uh, it, it could be a it can be a huge nightmare.
1: Yeah, I, I think one thing that happens, and and I can put myself in this position too, because I can see this happening to me, which is the allure of the the success people can get. And sorry, maybe allure allure implies that it's not actually there. So uh it's not a siren song. The the draw of success uh might compel people to skip a few steps uh before they for they uh start scaling their business. And then all of these things that could go wrong on a small scale are gonna magnify all of a sudden on a big scale.
0: Yep, exactly. And we talked about this a little bit before, actually, the, the company you're working for in scaling. If you scale too quickly, I mean with any traditional business, it it can be really really troubling and very hard to overcome if you do it too quickly and, and improperly. So it's, it, it trickles down all the way down to a small business. If you're a one man team, uh, it, that, that same philosophy really trickles down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, my, I don't remember, if we, I'm sorry. I can't remember if we brought that up before or after, uh, the recording started, cause you had like a <laughs> whole like good conversation for pre- Um, so let me, I'll just, my, my, my long time listeners, they know what I'm talking about. The, the sales job that I had and yeah, they were trying to they were doing what was called blitz scaling where they tried to scale in Canada, in a bit in the US but not really um Europe, Hong Kong. And the thing was they wanted to do kind of like what some of the major companies do like say Uber and Netflix where they wanted to keep scaling and operate at a loss up until they had gained the market control the market. And then and then the cost would start to level out because there wouldn't be any competition and they would have their, their, their teeth sunk into the market. So it was very high risk and well, it didn't really pay off.
0: It's, it's, it's so hard to do that. Uh, especially in, it's, it's funny that is a, obviously at a lot larger scale, but the, you know, again, they just do trickle down to a one man team at some point. And you really have to really bring those strategies along with you and learn from large companies' mistakes because they do apply to you.
1: So we're going to uh, get into TikTok because out of everybody that I've talked to so far, you're the, you have to forgive me if this doesn't sound as good as I say it, as it in my mind, but you're the tickiest, talkiest person. That tickiest, <laughs> talkiest. <laughs> you, you can use it if you want, but if you don't, I'm also not going to be surprised. I like it. It's not I like bad. It. Like, it's not bad. The most,
0: I... most seasoned clock, just tiktok and around. I like it.
1: There, there's, there's a couple of threads to, to go through. Uh, some of that also has to do with like, you get different generations and how the different mediums are influence influence them. Um, I, the difference between us, I think, is like seven years, which might not sound like a lot on paper, but it's substantial, especially when you're talking about how rapidly the internet develops and the formats that people latch onto. With you and uh, and TikTok, you're you're drawn into it, and I'm wondering, if, you know, what was the the pathway between like being drawn into it versus then getting into the business side of it where tiktok yeah. is for people who don't know tiktok although it's entertaining it's also a, a, a very combination now yeah it is very informative and there's a collaboration of uh, like-minded entrepreneurs who are just uh dishing out bite-sized insights into into their content so you know have at it how did how did you and tiktok get along so well
0: i done tiktok a while ago so before i was even making any of these videos and i made i'm like i obviously it's so funny because like I put on, like, somewhat of, like, my business persona, right? When I'm talking to people and mm-hmm. making these TikToks and stuff, I'm, like, a huge goofball <laughs> at heart. Um, you can ask anyone that knows me. But, um, so, I first got into TikTok just because so I was watching all these, like, funny videos. And I started making, like, these just, like, so cringy, like, just funny videos for me and, like, my friends that thought they were funny uh, and stuff like that. And, and then I <laughs> deleted that channel. I don't know if you can still find them. So, if you find them, please don't watch them. But, uh, um, and then... I was just watching it casually on for a while. And then I got introduced to like someone's channel. I can't remember who on TikTok. And uh, this was only like five months ago, maybe when I started my TikTok. So I'm totally new to like all of this. And uh, and I saw something about like Shopify. And it was funny. I saw it and it was like an inauthentic person. Like they were like faking like numbers or something. And I was like, what is this? And they had like a million views. I'm, like how? And then, so that kind of prompted me to like look for other people that were, you know, genuine to what they were doing. Um, and I was like, this could actually be a really good way to get out, and network, um, out of my like comfort zone a little bit because i I've never like I've never been in front of the camera or anything like that. Um, and so I was like, this would be cool. I could probably meet some like people on here that are like minded and. Kind of used it for networking at first. I just started posting, you know, my numbers and kind of the strategies that I've been using and like. But the thing is, you only have sixty seconds, right? And it's like you can't really post in-depth videos too much. Just kind of very quick clips and tips here and there. So I started posting that, and it really took off pretty rapidly. I got like, uh, you know, I don't don't even remember the numbers. A couple thousand, right? Like right off the bat, maybe a couple weeks in, and then it really grew exponentially when you start posting. And you start learning a little bit more about the algorithm, what they like to see and what people like to see and what engages them the most. Um, But that's, I just started doing it kind of for fun and networking. I actually have met a lot of cool guys on there and it's allowed me to do a lot of opportunities. I would not be here right now if I didn't have my TikTok. So I'm really grateful to that and I totally recommend it, but it's, it's not just, I do want to say that TikTok for anyone that's listening, that's maybe uh, a little bit older than me. um, And is more hesitant to come on because it does seem like a children's app at first. Um, And it's not all you know dancing and it's not all like which is great like there's a lot of cool content on there and stuff and a lot of good filmmaking and stuff like that but there is actually a really great side of tiktok about business in general um and there's so many informative things just you know be aware of some ingenuine people on there i do i do uh recommend that highly but that's kind of how i got into it and i don't even like i think i have like a hundred and like four thousand now or something like that um and I don't, it, it doesn't feel any different from day one. I just still trying to do the same stuff, post the same stuff. So it's great. It's been fun.
1: Were you also on Vine by any chance? No, I never, never
0: got Vine. I was, I think I was like, it was in high school and Vine was bigger. And I was just like, I'm not going to download it. I was just one of those guys. I don't know why, but I found stuff on there to be funny, like Cody Co and all those guys.
1: Yeah. Cause I just remember some, um, uh, some, some Vine videos were, it, it was, it was great because people had, they had like what? seven seconds or 10 seconds to, to create a cohesive story. Um, and some, some people just like, you know, didn't really bother with it. Or some people were completely absurd. Like there's this one comedian, Will Sasso, who he would like, as soon as the word lemon was uttered a lemon would pop out of his mouth and he would spit it out. And that was the whole, that was the whole video. It was just him like, he's like, oh, where do I, where do I find a uh, Bret Hart's house? And then there's a tablet with, um, I think, you know, like Macho Man, Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan be like, turn left on Citrus Avenue, brother, citrus. And he just spits a lemon out. I was like, this is the craziest seven seconds of my life. But oh, yeah. what, what what I appreciate about it is one of my philosophies and creativity is that limitations are some of the best thing that a creative person can ask for because knowing what you can't do allows a creative person to filter out all of those options and just focus on what they can do. So creatively, this uh, TikTok and Vine and these micro videos, they actually encourage a lot of creativity. What I view as a downside, and I'd and I like to hear your position on it, is that the rate of dopamine hits is so rapid that people would just like go through video after video after video and I'm not really sure what it takes for somebody to like stop and then engage with the creator when they can just as easily, they like keep scrolling through it and, and move. And by the time I'm done this sentence, they've probably like watched another two or three TikToks. So that's something that I don't, I quite, can't quite get a grip on being a, uh, being the geezer that I am. So
0: are you saying to, are you, uh, let me re-ask that. Are you kind of saying how to keep the engagement high? or how to really stand out.
1: Yeah, how do you get people engaged in the first place? How do pe- how to uh, get people to want to see more of your content versus the allure of just continuing to there's that word again. The the draw of continuing to just look through the continuous feed. Yeah.
0: It's super tough. Um, and that's that's what TikTok I You asked for, I guess, my opinion on this, and it it, it does get a negative connotation, especially around the business side, because a lot of TikToks that grab someone's attention, you have to go out and, you know, I see a lot of people, kids will pull out like $10,000 in like 20s and then just like throw it at the camera right away. And it's like, okay, like, sure, you got my attention, but what is this? Like, what do you, come on, you know, so... It, it is, there's such a fine line because I, I do think I, I agree with what you're saying with these dopamine hits are just constant. And it's always like, wow, that's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, boring, 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 boring. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, that's crazy again, mm-hmm. right? So it's those crazy ones that get people to stay for a little bit longer. I think it does viral videos. And it is it is hard to do if you are not trying to do what I'm talking about where people will throw money at the camera and what all that stuff, right? It's, it's difficult. So I think... It, being genuine to yourself and what you do is the best way and it'll come more naturally. And people can see that you can easily tell when someone's like really trying to get some attention and do something outlandish. Um, So I think it might come slowly over time in terms of, you know, you're not going to see results right away, but if you continue and keep, you know, providing nice visuals and very eloquently formed statements, I guess, in the beginning, the first three seconds, um, you can grab your audience's attention and it's going to be the audience you want to. So all this, like, people worry about followers and stuff on TikTok. I'm not going to lie. It it doesn't matter too much. Um, Videos can go viral and you can have 10 followers. Um, So it's always good to get followers that actually care and want to engage with their content and are the audience that you actually want. So you don't have to make these outlandish statements. I think it'll come over time, basically, is what I'm trying to say. If you're more true to yourself and keep sticking with what you like to do and what you're knowledgeable on. Or, you know, that can be anything, too, right? It doesn't have to be business. You can be the best dancer in the world. You don't have to do some crazy dance to get viral. It's just consistent work that's really good high quality.
1: Uh do you do you remember some of like the key moments when your your followership and or like when you went viral?
0: I personally don't get like too many like dopamine hits from like viral videos anymore. I don't know if I'm just like numb to it or I just don't I don't value it maybe as much as some other people. Um but I the one that really sticks out is uh it's actually not even related to drop shipping, not related to Shopify or anything. It was actually when I, you know, moved out to Hawaii here for a little bit and it was just it got like three million views overnight um and i just made an informative video on like how to like get to hawaii and um you know what it's like here during during coronavirus and keep in mind we did play it completely safe and followed all the rules um but i got so much hate i got like death threats and all of this stuff so that's really what stuck in my mind i was like okay this viral thing can be really amazing at the same time it could be kind of scary especially if you're posting like and you know where they're at and hawaii is only so big too right <laughs> so, so it it was interesting. That's one of the moments I realized, like, this is serious. And and going viral can mean a lot of different things, and it's not always fantastic. That's one that really stuck out with me.
1: Right. Yeah. Because going viral, like you said, it's it, it's it doesn't it's it's neither a positive nor a negative thing by definition. Going viral just means that a lot of people are all of a sudden going to be be aware of the content in a very short amount of time, and what and what foundations you have in place. Uh, are there to kind of brace for that impact and and luckily you were somewhere that 's not essentially accessible because you know at least it takes at least at least somebody has to get on an airplane to to come after you so yeah, yeah, so, so at least there's that
0: yeah it was it was interesting to say at least, but the worst part was the people that were uh maybe the people that made the most noise might not have been in Hawaii, but there were some people that definitely did not say kind words that do
1: live here, so you know yeah, it's interesting yeah well you know it's uh it, it is a tough time for a lot of people definitely right? I totally it's, it's understand it. Time. And I, I remember too, by the way. So when I was like, I'm talking like 10 years or 11 years old, um, the big place where I was was Newgrounds.com, and Newgrounds.com was, you know, there were there were people who got very popular very quickly, uh, or they got popular, but their cartoons didn't have like a lot of effort compared to other people. And you know, I, I remember I was like that too. I just I, I was I was starting to lash out. Um, so you know, we, when, when when we deal with people like that there's usually something that's uh that's an issue that they need to resolve and so the idea that they're taking out on somebody else is just like yeah it's it's everything you need to know about them
0: yeah and it's completely anonymous too and it it's full of a lot of younger people that don't think about as much of what they're saying to you and how it can impact you um but i learned that you know early on i just i don't obviously i respect people's opinions and everything like that but uh when there's mean comments that are just threatening and stuff like that you just have to kind of learn to you know that's not it's not, you don't take it too personally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And what I'll, what I'll say too, is like, as a, you know, as a former uh, youngster, um, some of the, st- and like the mean stuff that I've said on the internet to this day, I think I, I wish I didn't say that. Yeah.
0: yeah that's why you have to take it with a grain of salt, right? Everyone makes
1: mistakes. Yeah, it's exactly. To worry about. So here's something that I'm, that I'm wondering about. So one of your, one of your TikTok videos, um, was about, I guess, do we just call them TikToks, right? Did I just say TikToks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So one of your TikToks, you were, you were showing that like, you know, you do these YouTube videos and they take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but then compared to how many people are on TikTok versus, and how many followers you have compared to the results that you had on the YouTube video, it was uh, none too satisfying. So I think this, this, this brings up an interesting conundrum in the, in the way that people use a TikTok format versus uh, YouTube. And one thing that we know about YouTube is that and, and this is something that we have to work on, too, on our, on our channel, is channels. We have to pay very close attention to, like we were saying with the algorithms, we have to pay attention to formula. We have to understand that in the first 15 seconds, we have to have the hook. Uh, just because the audience has so many things they can do with their time, we want to make sure that they spend their time with us. So there are a lot of rules to stay competitive. But even so, YouTube doesn't necessarily put a video limitation. If you want a 15-minute video, you can do it. If you want a 20-minute video, you can do it. Whereas because TikTok has a very strict limitation, it, it does condition the the users in a certain way, and that conditioning, I don't think it translates into onto a different platform um, because now they're if they're watching uh, TikToks for the span of sixty seconds, the idea of them not watching one video that's like you know twenty TikToks worth, I can see that being difficult um, for them. With TikTok is like their starting point, so that that's everything I I observed on it. But I'm wondering, like, what you learned and what uh, what you're working on right now to try to uh, get your engaged audience to move elsewhere from the platform.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting take. Um, I I understand and agree with it to an extent, at least because I I don't follow too many of like the big big name TikTok influencer, you know boys and girls or whatever that you know are more like celebrity style rather than informative um but at least for this audience and and i would imagine the people that are listening to this podcast are mainly uh business oriented to some extent um i don't know if i agree fully that it's extremely hard to get people to move over to a different platform because i see tiktok as an elevator pitch almost right so when you're saying like you got 15 seconds or a 60 second video or anywhere in between, you know, um, it's kind of you saying like, Hey, this is what I know. This is how I did it. Here's a brief explanation. If you want to see the full video, like check out my YouTube channel. Um, and I've seen a lot of people do that. It's worked a lot with a lot of people and it's grown a lot of people's YouTube channels really largely and and quickly. And, uh, um, but there are, there is, you know, different algorithms on YouTube, but with the, in terms of this specific niche being, Uh, i'll just say general business um i don't find that it's going to condition people to only expect 60 second or under videos because the people that are interested in this kind of category want to watch and know as much as they can and learn as much as they can from these experts um, that do whatever they do i could definitely see that on the front of celebrity influencer type of people that make vlogs and stuff like that i can see that that attention span a little bit lowering um but for this category, I see it as, you know, like I was saying uh, just an elevator pitch of this is what I'm about, and here's what I can bring in the value that I can bring in a full length video. But I but it is it, like you're saying, it is a little bit difficult to to bring them over there. And it it just matters if your video goes viral or not on TikTok to get that attention and drag them over.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most um resolute point is that people in the business space they understand that they're chasing, well, they're looking for a success and that takes time and it takes a lot of time. And so to, to go onto your TikTok videos, I did it again. I, I'm not going to be used to this. I can't uh, to go onto your TikToks. They can, they can learn a lot of uh, introductory information and even see some step-by-steps, but 15 seconds go by, 60 seconds go by. They haven't unearthed the, the secret to success per se. There's a lot more work to do. And then by being endeared to you, then they can Uh, engage further with you and and because we talked about this um a little bit in your introduction it's not just youtube it's you have you have your discord community and you have your mentorship so discord is where i actually want to um stop off next on this journey because i i use discord Uh, i've been using discord for about three or four years uh, a couple of different communities that i get to participate in and for those of you who don't know discord uh initially I, discord was really created as like a gaming community um it' so much so that the logo is a controller with eyes and in the in the same way that uh TikTok, which may have just been devised for fun uh is being used as a way to help bring like minded people together and to show people pathways to success uh discord and in your in your position in particular, is y- focusing on the community side of it and how you're able to build a community of like-minded people so uh so what goes on behind the scenes what's what's happening on the discord and uh what do people come to expect with your own presence on it because I, I don't know if like are you like like to the point where like, you're jumping into calls here there's like hey what's going on guys oh austin hey
0: yeah i need to do more a little more calls but it's more like it, Discord's fantastic and i was familiar with discord uh just from doing you know gaming and things like that with my friends um so i'm familiar with the platform and then i saw that like you can have these new communities and chat groups and make them private and you can have monthly access to it and all this stuff. It's crazy what it's evolved to. Um, it, it's it's, and they've done a great job scaling it into that way, uh, which is great. But my, my discord personally, um, I know there's a lot out there. There's finance Discord. there's, there's stock discords, there's dropshipping discords and all that. But mine, mine personally is where I post. Um, I try to post a new video uh, every one to two weeks ish on it. It's basically a YouTube style video. Um, sometimes they're longer, some of them are 30 minutes long and they're really my strategies and more in-depth tutorials about how I view dropshipping and what my, my take is on dropshipping and where it's going and how to do it and the strategies that I use. That's the main like selling point of getting in the discord, I'd say. And then, uh, the rest is I'll pop in. I try to hop in every single day, answer questions. Some people will at me, but the community in there uh you know, I don't know the exact number. It's over 100, something, a hundreds uh, I think now. It's only a few months old. I think 2 now. But um uh it's a community and there's a, dun- a bunch of different chat channels, right? So there's a uh, drop shipping, there's general business, there's credit cards, there's um uh website and SEO and I try to cater each category or channel which is they are i guess they're the discord channels um to that specific topic so if people hop in there and they say hey has anyone ran into this issue or has anyone like had any luck with you know snapchat ads lately like what's going on with the cost per purchase or what's what's this all about can someone help me with these metrics i'll post a a, a video or a screenshot in the channel and i have an awesome community in there it's they're all fantastic people um so dedicated to the craft, and it's amazing how many people reply before I do, and it's like, oh well, I guess he answered it already. Um, but uh so it's it's really cool. People ask like, you know, you know, like oh, I'm applying for this credit card, like any tips to get it? I have this credit score, like what do you think I should do next if I get you know not approved? And it's and everyone is quick to help out and say, oh hey, well, check out this one, I use this one, it's really good for dropshipping. Um, so that's really what it's about. It's a chat community uh, in, involving all things e-commerce, and then I also post this. "Quote unquote" tutorial videos
1: in there. Again, something that really uh, sticks out to me from that too is that you're making like specific video content for Discord, uh, and that, and I don't know if that video content makes its way onto YouTube just for like safekeeping or if it really is just like Discord specific.
0: It is Discord exclusive. Um, yeah, so it is, it's a premium service. I go way more in depth into my personal strategies, um, which I don't exactly want to take. Onto the YouTube platform at this time.
1: Yeah, hey, I, I get what you mean. Like, there's, there, there's, there's people that you want to uh, share it with because they have more invested in what you're doing and they would understand it, yeah, more intuitively. Okay, that checks out. So the next thing that I want to do is I had a couple of like, there's like Facebook and um, and Dropship related questions, just just some value questions and uh, some stuff that I myself am like. Just looking for a little bit of extra clarity on. So one of your TikToks, um, you you give like the 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 very basic rundown of like what are the major steps to to get started is so you open the Shopify store, uh, import product from Oberlo, import the reviews from I think it was judge.me. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and then there's the the Facebook ads. Now Facebook, and like we alluded to earlier, Facebook gets like really complicated really quickly. Uh, you don't have to treat me like one of the discord users, but uh, I would really love to hear like your, your, your basic rundown of how do people start doing Facebook ads for people like my, myself? I haven't run a Facebook ad yet. So like, how, how, how would I, how would I want to start this? How do I want to like, what's the, what's the firm that you use? Well, if you can give that part away, I understand if you don't want to, but like, what can you give people who are just ready to get started on doing their ads?
0: Well, there's there, first of all, there's so many different strategies, right? And the strategies that I use are not going to work for everyone. If I pass along my strategy to a different company or a a first time dropshipper, it might not work. Right. So um, I do want to say, hey, if you're starting out with Facebook ads, it is an entirely different beast than anything else. There are so many variables in Facebook and so many metrics to read and so many options and routes to take. Um, And I would say the first step, very first step is learning the dashboard and looking at what all the metrics mean. And Kind of finding the most important metrics. So maybe a couple learning the dashboard with watching some YouTube videos of people talking about what metrics they look for. Obviously, there's the cost per purchase, right? There's you know cost per click, cost per link click. But which ones are you really looking for, and how? And what do they mean? And what do they represent for your website slash product uh, and targeting, right? So if you have you know extremely high CPMS, so a cost per thousand views or impressions. Um, if they're super high, you know forty, fifty dollars uh people think that's so expensive you know this is not working I'm like well what's your click through rate so what what do you what kind of traffic are you getting to your site and are they converting they're like yeah they're converting it's been pretty well but it's just so high if i got that lower then you know i'd make so much more it's like well no you could just be targeting very very specifically and very niche and it could be perfect for you um and so there are so many different variables uh, in going into facebook ads that you have to look out for and test and one of the biggest tips i give like I, I say it in like every other video it seems like on tiktok but um uh, it's uh you know go in go with an open mindset and make sure you have a solid facebook ad strategy um and you're like what's a solid strategy i have my own personal strategies that i use um uh that are like on the discord they are a little bit hard to explain it's like a 35 minute video or something but uh, uh we don't have that kind of time but um it's i just want to say that going into facebook ads don't be discouraged when you spend some money and you don't get the results you want it's, all about testing it's all about refining your process and making sure your targets are correct and then if you think you have the best facebook strat- strategy ever you know it could be your product it could be your advertisement so that's the the three biggest you know variables i think are web design so trust your landing page how you present the website social proof that all goes into that and then there's a facebook ad strategy which is there's there are so many um you know there's funnel strategies and all uh, retargeting campaigns look like audiences all that stuff and those are all individual to the person the type of brand that they want to build in my opinion um and then there's the ad creative which is super important very really similar to tiktok um you know you're going to want something that's engaging with your audience you don't want something that they can just it's a black screen that just has some text on it you're going to scroll right past that you need to be very uh, engaging and, and targeted correctly I think those are the three biggest variables to align and it's, it's difficult to do. So it's not an overnight thing. So it's all about testing and not you know giving up each of those things. But I know I didn't go too much into strategy and where to, where to go next. And I, I don't really like giving out too specific of advice in my opinion. And it's because people will take it to heart and they'll go out and spend, I had a guy message me saying they spent $10,000 and didn't get one sale. I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, no, slow down, slow down, slow down. He's like, I followed what you're saying. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. Let's test a little bit. Let's do this. Um, let's figure out your metrics. Let's look at these. Um, and it's it's funny because I I just don't like you know saying do this 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 and you're going to make money because people take that to heart and 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 then they don't and or it doesn't work for their strategy or their or their product. Um, those are the kind of general ter- things that I always recommend that people invest a, a great amount of time into um, when learning about e-commerce or dropshipping or whatever avenue you want to take with Facebook ads, just make sure you know what each metric means and what it represents in terms of how people are taking action on your website.
1: I appreciate that. And, and uh, I, I, as I was asking it, I, I didn't think I was going to get like a, um, a complete step-by-step, like step one in the first five to 10 seconds, you establish this and this and this, that like that, that to me seem like, okay, I, there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to get that. But I'll, you know, a lot of these really are about mindset. And we were saying about here's like one takeaway is like look, understand the dashboard, you know, know the tools first before you do anything, and then and then testing is is key too. And I think the testing phase is it is the next step beyond um, getting ready to run the Facebook ads. Is that the testing phase is the is the thing between the the ads starting to take off and generate you know your first sales and not doing anything at all. So. Uh, that's, that's a key takeaway too. we have to keep in mind. And this isn't the first time we brought this up, but it bears uh, infinite repeating, you know, one step at a time. We, we test things first. We, we start to get a feel for what's working and what's not. And then we move on from there.
0: Definitely, And, and, it, and I just really recommend people that anyone that's listening, that's testing and trying Facebook ads, don't get discouraged if you don't make sales within your first week, even right. Learn just, it's all about trial and error in e-commerce.
1: I, I got to say, I have no idea how this happened, but we're already like 50 minutes into this interview. I thought we were going to be like 30 minutes. So, uh, so we, 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 still got time. We don't have to get you on ad here too quickly. Uh, a couple of other value questions for you. Um, one of them is so, something that I suppose I could go look at the definition, but I'd rather hear, hear your take on it, which is a micro stacking. Uh, the reason why is because you're the first person that I heard that term from, um, so would you mind running us through this real quick?
0: That's a million dollar question. I preach preach about the microstacking strategy. Um, so if you have a large audience size of you know one hundred million people, we can break that down even further into a specific niche and then from there into specific categories or pages or interests within that niche. Um, and it's basically taking those small pockets of audience, grouping them together and grouping them in multiple groups, testing those groups and then breaking them back apart when you have successful ones. So say you have a, a small micro stack of those micro interests, and that one's getting pretty good results on Facebook ads, and the other three or four that you're running are not. You would uh, cancel the other ones, and then the one that you have that's successful, you look at the interests that are in there, break those interests apart, and start testing that way, and really refining your audience. And you know when you break those apart, people. some people are probably thinking right now, oh, those, those audience sizes are going to be hundred thousand people. Um, it's having that interest coupled with other things. Right. And they start testing on those specific interests and expanding it back out um, to get the audience size that you want. That's basically the very high level micro stacking strategy.
1: And also like a hundred thousand people in an in audience is still like a hundred thousand potential customers. That's yeah. the, yeah. yeah. Like I, like I understand the, the whole uh, point of trying to reach as many as you can without uh, going too far off the, uh, the, the, the path of the niche, but I feel like if I was like reaching out to a hundred thousand people, I'd be pretty, uh, I, I'd be pretty pleased with that. There's certain things that, like, once I, if I, if I have to say if, because no, no guarantees in life, but if I get to the point where I can start to play the game on like this on on these levels, then I'll, I'll maybe at that point I'd be like, wow, a hundred thousand, there really isn't much, but you know, from my for my position, it sounds it, it sounds plenty.
0: It sounds like a lot, but you'd be surprised if you've got some well orchestrated ad creatives and it's really engaging. you have really high quality ad rankings and stuff like that. Uh, how fast it can reach that hundred thousand people um, and you can really exhaust them I guess. Um, so mm-hmm. another thing to pay attention to is frequency real quick. So <laughs> anytime your frequency goes too high it means you how many people have seen the ad multiple times so pay attention to that as well.
1: little tip. Uh, okay yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay so these next two are AliExpress related. One of the major issues that you address is shipping times. Um, so in my position right now, full, like full of transparency, um, I've, I've got my product overload uh, from AliExpress. What are the options that I have to get the product out of China quicker than 14 days? Knowing that e-package is like a close call.
0: Yeah. Even, even e-package can be up to, you know, 30 sometimes depending on your location, depending on how residential the, or I guess more rural, sorry, the, um, location is for the packages going, um. I always 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 re- recommend reaching out to the supplier directly and asking what options that they have because a lot of times they're not listed on AliExpress. Um this is actually how I found my agent uh way back when. Um and for for reference, uh he can still ship out of China and get it to the US in 6 to 8 days, which is a lot faster than <laughs> anything else you're going to see on AliExpress. And this this uh, you know, partnership and he's my agent now, I guess, you know, really came from asking a question on AliExpress to the supplier. Hey, can I get some faster shipping? What's going on here? And then we just formed this business relationship and it's been great ever since, but um, always reach out. Not all the options are listed there and they do have ways to get things faster to the U S and sometimes they even warehouse in the U S.
1: Okay, great. And then the other side of it too, the other question that I wanted to ask was about the agent. So when you, when you started uh, connecting with them, um, what, uh, what traffic did you have? Uh, Because I'm wondering if like, somebody without any leverage still has the ability to do this, or if there's certain milestones that have to be crossed first before the agent will even like check the message in the first place.
0: Yeah. So the, that's, I get that question a lot. Um, and it's, I would say consistency is the biggest thing and it obviously depends on the price, the the cost of your product, how much money they're going to make off of it and stuff like that. But if you can show consistent sales, you can definitely reach out to someone to start warehousing personally for you and private labeling and packaging for you. Um, they just like to have everything is very cheap in terms of storage and you know custom labeling there in Shenzhen and places like that. Um, but um, the point is consistency. So if you can say, you know, I'm and be really communicative with your with your agent and say hey, you know, I'm doing 100 sales a month or or 500 sales a month. I think I'm going to see this for the next two months. I'm going to try a scale and I'll let you know if any other orders are going to be coming in faster so you can prepare space, literally space. Um, so I don't necessarily think that the number is too important. Uh, you're going to want just consistency and communication with your, with your agent and letting them know what's going, if you're slowing down, if you're speeding up. Otherwise they can easily just say, you know, this isn't worth it for me. This is too inconsistent. This doesn't make sense. I need. I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna have to go back to, you know, shipping through AliExpress or whatever. Um. So not necessarily a number you have to hit. It's just more of consistency.
1: That that makes sense. All right. Well, uh, that was our uh our, our our value pack section. Uh, so uh, I thank you for that. Um, with we we're gonna get you an ad here pretty soon. So I wanted to ask you some questions. This is like just for fun. So just like decompress, sit back, relax. So here's one that I found like it wasn't okay. It wasn't hilarious, but it was, it's it, sometimes, you know, when you, you, you laugh because something is like, so it's like, it's such a discovery. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. So, uh, I going through your TikToks, So one of them was like, I'm so, I have to apologize. This could have been one of your YouTube videos, but you were just talking about how one side hustle that you can do is to get a drone and, um, do like drone footage of real estate and then work with real estate agents to uh, sell them that drone footage. Now I, I have to imagine that like some people who saw that video, all now are going to become like professional drone photographers yeah. or dronographers or whatever the word yeah. is. So it's, uh, it's it's it speaks to I think one of the strengths of TikTok is that I think TikTok is great for discovery uh, because there's so much discovery happening so rapidly that you know you can in the span of five minutes somebody can be inspired to do something that can end up. Being the where, where they go with their life, yeah, and and you've like I, I I enjoy watching those videos where you're like you're like pointing to five different things. It was just that was my original claim to fame. I got
0: like yeah. one of those videos did like two million or something. I was like, oh, I guess like this.
1: Yeah, and so what I'm wondering is like for those uh, side hustles, is how do you discover these uh these creative these rather quirky uh, jobs that people can get into?
0: uh Great question. Just looking online, honestly, I just kind of like hey, I think I should post one of those videos. People like that, and it's really informative. Um, so I'll go online and just kind of scour the internet, read a couple of reviews. I, I try as hard as I can to double check and verify stuff um, to make sure like, that people make this amount of money or you don't need to go to college to do it or or this kind of thing. Um, some people always will me out if I'm a slightly wrong or something. But, um, but that's what I do. I kind of just look up and I find it interesting myself because I did go to college. Um, and I'm like, wow, there were so many options out there that didn't involve a higher education.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I had a two-year uh, college degree in uh, comedy writing and performance, and then it, it's it, it works out uh, here in the e-commerce world. There's uh, not as many comedians, so it's uh, something that I can do. So one of the things I wanted to make sure that we that we leave you with is if, it's just, if there's anything that you wanted to share with us about your branding, your advertising agency. I should have asked that like a little bit sooner, but. You know, before um, I forget, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no no problem. What do you have in mind, guess, what do you want to do with it? That's a, that's a good question what I want to do. I wanted to work and start more of a digital marketing agency. Uh, the plan is to start creating it this year and taking on some clients. I already do have a couple in mind that I've spoken to, um, but it would be an all-encompassing digital marketing, marketing typical agency, right? So we're going to do a web design. Uh, you can opt in for your ad creatives. You can have Facebook ads run by one of our experts, um, manage your social media pages, all of that, and then really try to work with already established brands that are maybe doing e-commerce already and already doing revenue, but really want to scale that don't know how, or don't have the capability. That's where the like, the gap I see with a lot of smaller businesses. Um, and that's where we want to focus and yeah. kind of capture that market and fill that gap there. Mm-hmm. I don't have okay, sorry, I don't right much information on it right now. It's still.
1: No, it's cool. It's cool. I just wanted to like, just make sure that we, uh, we, we put it out to the ether just in case. Well, This will be the last one before the wrap-up question. So this is a question that you pose about um, one of two options. It's the Elon Musk question. Uh, on the one hand, people can have um, two whole Bitcoin and an e-commerce store that generates a uh, 40K in profit a year, or one-on-one conversations with Elon Musk once per month. Now, I got to tell you, this is hard. It was hard, but I decided I would rather have the Bitcoin and the 40K profit because I don't have either of those. And Elon Musk is out there. Like he he has his video content. I can watch him on the Joe Rogan experience. So there is a lot to learn from him. So as as great as it would be, maybe like the first couple of times, I feel like after like the sixth or seventh meeting with Elon Musk, I've sort of like run out of things to really like pick his brain about. By like meeting eight, I'd be like, all right, that does it. Can I try the flamethrower? And then that's like the apex of of it. So what I'm wondering is like what... If you'd be willing to answer that for yourself, and then maybe if there was any like interesting takeaways of anybody else who uh, talked to you about the the question,
0: yeah, the most interesting takeaway was people thought I meant one v one Elon Musk like a boxing match or something. Oh, (laughs) "Oh, okay. Well, Well, that doesn't change my answer. Yeah, uh, yeah." I guess you'd fight Elon Musk if you hate him for some reason. Um, But I would go with one of the two that you chose as well. I wouldn't pick the Elon Musk one, and my reasoning behind that is because. There's a couple of reasons, but one is that Elon Musk, he didn't build any of the rockets himself. He didn't build the Tesla, right? He really commanded people and led people and had the idea and the concepts, but he had the right team behind him, right? So he he has a a massive amount of employees, right? That help him achieve these goals that he has and dreams that he has. Obviously he's a very intelligent man, um, but it's not just him. He's not a one-man show. So to have a one-on-one with him, He's gonna say, "Okay, you're gonna need this department. You're gonna need this kind of director. You're gonna need this operation. You're gonna need these engineering professionals." And you know that's a lot harder to manage than you would think. <laughs> I would imagine. I've done it, um, so I don't know if there would be too much benefit out of it besides these crazy conversations. Um, so that's why I like either of the two options um, because you've got the tangible asset in front of you of you know money um, or some form of currency. And you can really, especially with the guaranteed drop shipping store for forty thousand dollars a year, that's a lot of people's salary, first of all. Um, and you can use that to reinvest in yourself, reinvest in anything else that you want to do outside, or you can live your life and rate. You know, not, not do a single thing after that. Um, so I would, I would choose one of those two options. Uh, same as you, I think that Elon is overrated for the one-on-one.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, for me, I noticed two things about that. One of them is that forty k profit a year is actually quite. Reasonable, yeah. like I think if you had started to say like 200k or 300k, well, okay, come on, people. Or k yeah. like I could just buy Elon Musk's time, yeah. Um, and then the other side of it too is that Elon Musk is a, uh, you know, he's a well known uh influencer and his time is valuable. You know, you know, feel free to come on the show, uh, Mr. Musk, we'd be happy to have you. Uh, we were, I'm not going to peer pressure you into uh. Smoking anything, uh, but I will peer pressure you into letting me try the flamethrower. Uh, but I, I think it's just in, in general, we it, it really speaks to the time that we live in. We have so much information available to us. If you want to know like how Jeff Bezos did what he did, he's he said it. He he said everything. He's got his books. He's got he, he's got his interviews. So anybody that we admire, we can we can certainly learn from. So I think it'd be more about like if there was somebody that I wanted to have like a personal friendship with that might be a little bit more of a, of a motivator because then it would just be somebody like how hilarious would it be for me to like text somebody that I admire and like actually be friends with this person. Like that would be rad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I was fascinated by the question as well as like the variables within the question.
0: Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought about it for a second because that's a good point. You're saying I'm trying to make it reasonable of 40,000. I was like, I was trying to make it like as hard as possible to answer.
1: (laughs) And then, and then the two Bitcoin is the the wild card. Right. Uh, My, my, my view on Bitcoin. Yeah, like I, I, think with Bitcoin. Well, I haven't, I didn't say this in the Bitcoin episode. Um, but what I've considered since is that I think Bitcoin is the kind of currency that like will be there for us when we die, and then we wake up millions of years later in our new bodies, and the cryptocurrency is still there. Like, yeah, you're too. Bitcoin has yielded, and here's your house, sir. Oh, wicked. <laughs> totally. So that's like that's why I want Bitcoin. It's because I, I just want that crystallized data to stay with me. For- exactly. All right, Austin, uh, this has been a blast. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, it was, it was great to learn from you. Just great to, to hear what you have to say. And the last thing that we got to do is if you have any parting wisdom that you want to share with us and answer to a question I didn't ask, this is the time to do it. And then let people know how to find your content and how to find you.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to leave with one thing because I already, I talked about relatively quickly strategies and things like that. I do want to leave with just one piece of advice and it's Keeping your mindset right. When you're going to do anything in business, having mental health in check and having your goals and motivations written down in front of you every day is is the best thing that you can do. And little goals to achieve a massive goal is, is something I really follow and like to live by. The idea of just making a company overnight and, you know, oh, next week I'm going to do $100,000. Um, you know, that's, you got to be reasonable and have your mindset right and you can be successful to your limits. And then how to reach me would be, I guess I'm a TikToker. Uh, you could find me on TikTok. Uh, it's Austin Rabin. I think it's just what it is. And then I've got my YouTube channel that is, is newer um, and I'm still trying to post content. I'm trying to aim for two times a week now, uh, which would be great for more full length content. And that is also just Austin Rabin, uh, Instagram, Austin Raven. And then I did want to say that I do, now offer mentorship programs where you're actually going to talk to me one-on-one, similar in a fashion like this, actually, on Zoom. So if you're interested in that, hit me up on any of those platforms as well. And if you are a larger uh, small business, a larger small business, uh, looking for any... I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, but I just wouldn't thing.
1: know how it looks on paper.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you're interested in anything that I have to offer, the team that I'll be bringing together this year, um, definitely shoot me a message, and I'd love to work with you. That's it.
1: Alright, terrific. Uh, well, listeners, as always, uh, thank you so much for Uh, participating in your own way you always know what to do if you want to reach out so feel free take it upon yourself and we will check in soon thanks for listening you might have found this show on many number of platforms apple podcasts spotify google play stitcher or right here on debutify whatever the case if you enjoyed this content and want to help us thrive please take a few moments to leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you think is best We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.